Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning, investors. You may have heard of Robinhood and the line that retail investors are really driving today's markets. You can't trade on Robinhood here in Singapore. You have to be a U.S. citizen. But you know, I I read an article about how Robinhood makes its money, and that got me thinking about. Trading on platforms that offer zero commissions. I was on one recently, just trying things out, and I realized I was often shown um, not un- underlying. I wasn't buying the underlying security. I was often shunted to options or CFDs. So I, I wondered if this was was common, you know. And I was wondering, what do people need to understand about the true cost of their investment when they're on a platform that's offering free trades? In a while, we'll talk about the U.S. Uh, market as well, are U.S. stocks facing more technical resistance? And you may have heard the U.S. Federal Reserve is developing a digital currency. Could this rival Facebook's Libra? Meanwhile, the U.S. dollar is being shorted in droves, an increasing number of investors placing bets on the downfall of the currency. And what does this say um, with regards to the U.S. dollar's near-term future? I'm going to welcome Michael Berman now, CEO and founder of Psyquation, to join us to take all these questions. Joining us live from Australia, how are you, Michael? Great to be back, Michelle. It's been a while, so I'm I'm very happy to be talking to you again. Yes, always a pleasure, Michael. Let's start with Robinhood. So I was looking at this article that said, according to a recent Securities and Exchange uh, Commission filing, it's made $100 million mm-hmm. of trades in the second quarter. A lot of this uh, mm-hmm. off profits from options. Uh, how, how does Robinhood make its money? First up. Yes. Okay. So this is a, a great, a great question. And the name Robin Hood invokes the, the, the thought of stealing from the rich to give to the poor. But yeah. as we'll unpack this a little bit, it might be the opposite that they're stealing from the poor to give to the rich. So, um, well, yeah. Um, so, First things first. Whenever, whenever something you, we've all heard the saying, whenever something's free, mm-hmm. um, just remember you are the product. So Robinhood makes most of its money by selling its order flow to high-frequency traders, market makers, hedge funds. Okay, and from that money, the, the bulk of that, so most of its profits come from selling order flow. They do make money. Just um, I'm going to come back to the order flow, but just to to, for completeness sake, they do make money as well from their membership. They have what they call a gold membership where they charge you $5 a month. And 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 then they have, for that membership, they give you access to margin loans and some other kind of things that incur fees. Also, they've got a debit card, so they make a little bit of money there. But the, the primary area where they make their money is selling the order flow. So let, let me unpack that for you a little bit. And um, the two the two main areas where they make the money, but the bulk of it comes from options. And then the second bit is is where they sell um, the order flow of the equity, where you buy ordinary stocks. Now, the the reason why they they make more money out of the options is because it's less liquid. As as anyone who's traded in a very liquid um, stock, you'll see that the bid and the ask is very narrow. So it might there might be a difference of only one cent on a very liquid 
on a very liquid stock. But with the, within options, the spread is very large, mm. and um, relatively speaking, and and if you think about it, 95% of options expire worthless. So if you're a market maker, these people who they sell in your order flow to, um, and are probably taking the other side of the trade. So you buy in an option, a market maker is selling you the option. So um, if if the market maker knows that 95% of the time the options are going to expire worthless, then they pick up the premium of that option, and it's a very, very lucrative business. And they know that um, the re- that Robinhood's traders are, are retail traders, mm-hmm. so they're not that sophisticated. And they've been lured into um, the, the, the flashiness of there's leverage in options, so it becomes very exciting because you know you'll see adverts that you put a thousand dollars in and your thousand dollars became ten thousand, or mm. and and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's that's where they make the money, the bulk of it from selling the order flow of the options. But I, I've been thinking about it. Where did you know when you think about where they make money from selling the order flow of the of the equities? Um, I, I don't know this for sure, mm-hmm. but I would think that it's almost like um, front running. So let me try and, and uh, explain explain that when 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 you buy in and when you want to go buy, let's say Apple, then they they are selling that order of yours to be executed in the market um, by by you don't know who's going to be executing it and. What what can happen is the the high frequency trade or firm that bought that order flow mm. can know that you're going to go buy Apple, so it will go in advance and buy the Apple shares, and then it will sell it to you in a nanosecond or in a, in, in in milliseconds. It will sell you the Apple stock at a slightly higher price. So you can see that um, there's a lot going on here, and the unwitting investor is probably been, you can see they've been well monetized. Robinhood's making a lot of money at the moment, and and people are flocking there. It's quite incredible. The the company has exploded, and uh, I think they've added five million new users in the first six months of this year. It, it that that takes them to thirteen or fourteen million users. They're bigger than Schwab and E-Trade combined. So they 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 become quite the phenomenon. And yes, that that playing in the option space. Primarily, I wonder if you can share a little bit about you know what options are and this idea that you know you're buying into a spread, the difference between mm. um, the the bid mm-hmm. and the ask price, because it sounds yes. like you you start off you could start off at a loss already. And many retail investors are not clear about what options are, how they work. Yes, so look, the, the option when you buy an option, it gives you the right to buy an instrument, the underlying stock. At a, at a certain price. So, so for instance, um, if if you buy in a stock that's a hundred dollars, let's say a stock is trading at a hundred dollars mm. at the moment, mm. and you think it's going to go up because it's Tesla. I'm just making I'm, I'm making the numbers up here, but let's say it's Tesla and it's, a, it's trading at a hundred dollars. So you can you can buy an option, let's say for a dollar, to buy to buy Tesla in six months' time at a hundred and ten. Okay, but you believe that that Tesla is going to be going up 
lots. It's going to, it's going to double. So it's not going to be worth $100 in six months' time. It's going to be worth $200. And but for your $1 option that you, 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 you bought a $1 option, you can buy that $200 Tesla stock at $110. So it, it's very uh, options is complicated because mm. and maybe difficult on on the radio to to explain it fully mm. but but you you really get in a lot of leverage for your for your investment of that premium that $1 premium you for the cost of the option um you get a lot of leverage the problem is is it's very rare that your option um it expires in the money as they call it and and yeah, so and and when I said earlier the bid ask spread, if you know when you buy a stock, mm-hmm. you've got there's somebody selling it at a price and there's somebody buying it at a, at a, at a price. Mm-hmm. So so for instance, you could have a seller of a hundred well of Apple at a hundred and two, and a buyer at a hundred. So somebody who wants to buy that Apple stock either has to buy buy a hundred and two, or it has to sell at a hundred. That's called crossing the spread, mm-hmm. and uh, it's small in stocks and it's a little bit bigger in in options. And because options have different expiry dates and different strike prices, it, it's split up. It's very fragmented, and therefore there's a the the, vol- the liquidity isn't so much in options relative to stocks. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, for market makers, it's a very very lucrative tasty like high margin area of playing in and it's very risky for for investors yeah it's a really sophisticated instrument that you need to understand um are are options the same things as cfds because i was on a platform that kept shunting me to cfds and i know cfds are banned in the u.s and i'm wondering is it a good idea for me to wade in these waters uh, can you share a little light yeah. on CFDs? Yeah, yeah. So CFDs are very different to options. Mm. They, they're more like futures. So what what really happens is take that Tesla stock, and I'm keeping it at a hundred bucks. Okay. Um, what what a CFD provider will do is they'll say to you, you can buy the Tesla CFD for a hundred dollars, but you only have to put down one dollar, and we will give you margin. We'll lend you the 99% of the difference, mm. and and therefore it's a it's a super highly charged leveraged um, play on stocks. So it's not it's not like options where there's there's like a strike price and there's a period in the in the future mm. that it has to hit. Um, CFDs are are the same as the stocks, but you've got huge leverage and there's one other important difference with a CFD is the the typically the whoever the platform is that you were on so if you were on Saxo Bank or you're on RG Markets whoever it is mm. um, they are writing the CFD so your counterparty is the the broker oh, so I you, see. okay that's quite clear which is different to when you're buying a stock mm. on the exchange um, it's it's it, it there's a clearing agency and there's a whole there's a whole process. Stock stock exchanges are hundred year old entities with very sophisticated um, um, what's the word I'm looking for um, like custodian and and all that kind of stuff. Whereas CFDs, your risk is your counter the counterparty who wrote you the CFD. Right, that makes sense. So it's, so just it's for the listener, CFD is contract for difference. Why is it banned in the US yeah. then? 
Because when you because of the leverage. Oh, okay. Because of the leverage. So so yeah, you 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 cannot go more than two to one. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. rules for buying a stock on margin is you have to put 50% down, um, and that's two to one. Some of these brokers offer CFDs with 500 to one. My goodness me. So it's mind-boggling. Yeah, and you're paying interest on these uh, margins? Yeah, yes. All right. (laughs) Very risky. I can see why. Thanks so much, Michael. Michael Berman, CEO and founder of Psyquation, helping us uh, break down questions. Some of them you've sent us as well and keep them coming through. You can uh, link up with me at Instagram at Michelle Martin Radio. That's where I am. And you can send me your questions real time. Uh, Let's look at the uh, U.S. market, Michael. The S&P 500, some say, doesn't seem like it can cross into record territory again. It looks like it's facing significant technical resistance at current levels. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I'm embarrassed to say that you probably be better. You probably would have been better off speaking to Dave Portnoy, who had never traded before March, than speaking to a 20-year market veteran. Because we've all been wrong. Anyone, I, I, it's hard to fathom that we are sitting here. The, the Nasdaq's at all-time highs. The the S&P is just under percent shy of its all-time high, and the Dow's four and a half percent from its all-time high. This is quite phenomenal. Um, You know, before COVID came around, uh, the markets, I thought the markets were expensive. We've now had, in 2020, we have had trade wars with China and the USA. We've had COVID crisis that's still unfolding. Yesterday were uh, highest record number of daily cases in the world. We've got, we've had an oil war. We've got Black Lives Matter protests with looting all over the show. The highest unemployment since the uh, since the Great Depression, and um, large parts of the world economy shut down. Yet we are flying. There is so with. The, with that backdrop, you can see it's hard to explain how the markets have, are, are up at these current levels, and it's hard to believe that it's sustainable. But the market's only discounting good news, and, and they are all anticipating at the moment a cure for the vaccine. Mm. But what, what people are forgetting mm-hmm. is that even if there is a, a cure for the vaccine today, Let's say all those new trials are, are put into production and, and they, they solve the, vac, um, the crisis. Um, we're still left with all the debt that wasn't there before the crisis. And so we're talking, I don't know what the number is, $15 trillion of extra debt in the, in the world economies that have to be paid back. This is going to provide a huge overhang into the future. So, um, yeah, like... I've been on the wrong side of this market because it didn't make sense for it to rally the, um, mm. to the level that currently rallied at. And anyone who thinks the market's the place to put your money now needs to be very careful because we've had this unexplained, largely unexplained rally, um, and we've still got to deal with all the problems. We we haven't solved the problems yet, and and we had these problems also before the crisis, the corona crisis. So uh, this is a very dangerous time to be in the market. Mm, uncertainty plus absurdity is a <laughs> weird mix. 
<laughs> a weird mix. That's All true. right. Um, I, I'm going to circle back to our first topic because questions are coming in, Michael, on uh, CFD yes. trades. Perhaps you can answer these mm-hmm. for investors. So these high CFD margins, will it then make it more difficult for an investor to make money? How much do CFDs need to rise in order to make money, taking into account the interest charges and any spread difference? Okay. I'll give you a very easy example to work with. Let's just assume that that you're dealing with um, a 100 to 1 margin. It's a nice round number. Hmm. So if you, if, if you buy something for $100, okay, it means you're putting down $1, and you've borrowed 99, and all that underlying instrument needs to do is go up or down one. Let's say it goes down one percent. So one percent down from 100 is is 99. Um, so it's one dollar. You've you've just lost 100 percent of your investment. Okay. But then on the flip side of that, if the market goes up one percent, mm-hmm. you've made a hundred percent return on your investment. So leverage is a double-edged sword, and it cuts both ways. So if you're on the right side, it's incredibly lucrative. And, and, and therefore, th- this is the lure of, um, of trading with instruments with, with high margin. Now I'm, not, now, I'm not saying there isn't a place for this, because I trade with CFDs on, on high margin. And it's, it's a question of then being very prudent with how much um, – how, how much of the underlying instruments you, you, you've got to be very careful how much you put on a p- particular position because you've got to know that um, if you if you fully loaded one percent moves can wipe you out so you've got to just be more circumspect and and trade with um, w- with with a lot more um, with a lot less leverage so you put smaller positions in terms of the question on on the interest rates and that will it how hard is it hmm. um it, it's really uh, cfds are, are there for speculative trading you should not be if you go if you're planning on on buying microsoft and sitting on it or you're buying gold and you want to sit on it you you, you shouldn't be using these instruments because the cost of the interest is is expensive and it adds up over time it, it's negligible in the short term. So, you know, if you're a, a trader for a, a few days to a, a week or two, it's not a big deal. If you're holding it for months, they call them swaps. The, the, every day there's, an, there's a, a roll over. I don't want to go into the complete – it can be quite complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, it can be quite expensive. But, but yeah, if, you, if you're a speculator – CFDs is a good way to get that leverage and 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 don't be in a rush to to go for these extra le- leveraged accounts because some brokers will offer you two three four five hundred times leverage it's not advisable a uh, hundred times is more than enough or fifty times leverage is more than enough if you're looking for those if you're looking to go really high leverage um, you're looking for trouble. All right. We are speaking. Thank you so much for that. That was really clear. Michael Berman, CEO and founder of PsyQuasion, joining us, taking your questions as well. Keep them coming through. Let's talk about the Fed developing a digital currency, an experimental digital currency. Uh, the Federal Reserve says it's building and testing a hypothetical 
digital currency equivalent to cash and that the goal is to enhance the Fed's understanding of digital currencies. Uh, the Fed governor saying the bank is not poised to issue digital dollars. What do you think of this? Do you think this could rival Facebook's Libra or are we making too big a jump? Um, well, I think it could rival the, the Chinese renminbi um, um, digital currency. Mm-hmm. So, look, at this, at, at this stage, the U.S. dollar is still the reserve currency of the world, and almost all commodities are priced in dollars, and they're, they're the reserve currency. Now, um, there is lots of discussion amongst other nations. I know the Chinese are trying to get um, commodities priced in, in their currency. And, and there's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's, or, or some people are looking to um, use gold as the proxy for pricing certain commodities and to move things away from this dominance of the U.S. dollar. Mm. But, but coming back to your question specifically, I, I think Libra, for instance, the Facebook Libra is still a long way off. There's many regulatory hurdles these guys are going to have to jump through True. to get that through the through the through the gates. But mm. but I think you know the US are trying to stay uh, current and be abreast of what's going on in in the marketplace. Uh, I don't know about you, but it I'd say over the last year I don't you. I can't remember when last, especially with COVID, I can't remember when last I used cash. Um, mm. I, I've got my credit card connected to my uh, smart, uh, smartphone, so I use my my phone to pay for everything. And um, I think there's there's definitely going to be an increased need for digital currency. And uh, I th- I think I think the Fed just simply cannot ignore the trends of technology, and they need to be positioned. And I don't think we any time. This is going to happen anytime soon. Well, at least not in the next couple of years. I think many. I know that the Fed is saying they're at the exploratory stage. They they investigate and they want to see how it unfolds. And I would imagine they're going to be doing lots and lots of testing to see how how the world's payment structures and settlement agencies all can handle a digital currency. Um, but I think it's a I think I think it's a step in the right direction. And I think. Given the trade wars with China and the U.S., there's, they cannot let the, the Chinese steal ahead um, in terms of this like race to to digital currency. I think. What do you think of um, people? Are are people shorting the U.S. dollar in droves, Michael? I read an article suggesting. Yeah. That. Yeah. In, in fact, um, I, you know there are various sentiment surveys out there that. Um, or you know comment on so there's the commitment of traders where they actually look at um, the split of of large speculators being short the US dollar and we we are at close to record levels uh, I think it was I'm I'm now gone blank but I think it could have been in 2015 was the record low but we're very close there so the market the market in fact hates the U.S. dollar at the moment, and that's because we've got we've got record high um, we've got record high equity markets. The uh, the bond market has been strong. Gold has been strong. Silver has been strong. The Bitcoin has been strong. Uh, mm. uh, Bitcoin's up sixty five percent year to date for the which which is a big year. Um, so at the moment, the most unloved. Asset class at the moment is the U.S. dollar, and 
maybe maybe oil but could rival but but oil's actually been rising also since since the sell off in april so so i i actually think we had a very important juncture at the moment i think we could start to see some some us dollar strength certainly if the markets have some sort of a correction just we saw it when when covid hit and and the markets collapsed the dollar was the safe haven, and that's where people stuck their money. They, they didn't stick it in gold. They didn't stick it in Bitcoin. They stuck it in, in the U.S. dollar. But as as that has eased off and those asset classes that I just described starting to rise, rise aggressively, they've sold the dollar. And most of the debt is is denominated in dollars. You will see when 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 debt has to be paid off, there will be an increase in demand for for dollars. Mm. And and yeah, I, I'm I'm actually quite bullish on the US dollar. So I'd be I'm starting to get bearish on the Euro. I'm actually starting to get bearish on the Australian dollar. It's had a fantastic run. Um and and I would imagine the pound as well is 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 so, so yeah I, I think we 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 are on the cusp of seeing some dollar strength all right always great speaking with you michael thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us pleasure thanks for having me michelle He's Michael Berman, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Cyquation in just a while. CEO and founder of Cyquation, they are a AI-driven analytics platform that provide traders with actionable insights to improve trading and discover trading strategies that work. Answering your questions as well, right here on Money and Me, I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, Download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.